0: The National Company brings you Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell
1: in Dangerous Assignment.
0: The time near midnight, the place Nigeria, West Africa. Two men stand on the swaying observation platform of a train which winds its way across a yawning chasm between two mountains.
2: This gorge we're crossing looks pretty deep.
0: Yeah, about a thousand feet. I didn't realize there were so many mountains in West Africa. This is the third trestle we've been over in the last hour. It is hilly country. But soon we reach the inland plateau where it is more level.
2: Oh, you've been around this neck of the woods before, huh?
0: Yeah. Oh, incidentally, I don't think we've met. I'm Russ Holden. Yeah, I know. Huh? I have been following you, Herr Holden. Following? Hey, wait a minute. Get away from me. This is where you get off, Herr Holden. No! No! Ah. No! We've seen him as Sergeant Markoff in Bo Guest, as
1: Charles Dana in Two Years Before the Mast. And now, here is our star, Brian Donlevy, in another two-fisted portrayal as Steve Mitchell in Dangerous
2: Assignment. Spidey Lemon, from Miami, Puerto Rico,
0: Cape Verde Islands.
3: Now ready to
4: depart. All aboard, please. Mr. your plane, Steve. Come on.
0: Look, Ruth, I still don't know what this is all about. One minute, I'm doing a smooth rumble with a smooth blonde. The next minute, you're dragging me to a taxi, shoving passports and plane tickets down my throat. I can't help
4: it, Steve. I just do what the commissioner
3: tells me. Sure. Oh, oh, there he is, over at his car. Steve,
0: Ruth, over here.
3: Coming, Commissioner. Oh, Ruth, will you
0: see that Steve's suitcase is checked aboard the plane?
4: Okay, Commissioner.
0: Steve, let's get in my car a minute. We can talk there. Okay. Now, make this quick, Steve. You're leaving for Nigeria, West Africa, in five minutes. West Africa? Now, now, look, commission. We've got to move fast, Steve. We may be too late as it is. What do you mean? One of our men has been over there two weeks, Russ Holden. He was to have sent a report back not later than noon today. We haven't heard a word from him. Well, maybe he got delayed. I don't think so, Steve. I'm afraid Russ is dead. Dead? Look, what's this all about? Manganese? Manganese. That stuff they use in making steel? Yes. Last week, all shipments of manganese to this country were suddenly cut off. We think the interests behind that move are trying to form a worldwide manganese cartel. If they succeed, our entire steel industry will be crippled. I still don't see what all this has to do with West Africa. Two weeks ago, we heard rumors that a rich vein of manganese had been discovered over there in the border country of northern Nigeria. Oh, I see. That area is controlled by a
1: native tribal chief named Soba.
0: And you sent Rust to negotiate with this Soba, huh?
1: Yes. We want Soba to sign an agreement permitting United Nations representatives to start mining operations in that area. And we've got to get to him before the agents of the cartel do.
0: And that's where I come in?
1: On the surface, you'll be a foreign correspondent trying to get an interview with Soba. Let it get out you're looking for. Him. Also, that you're trying to locate another foreign correspondent...
0: Russ, hold him. Lucky me. I get to play target. I'm afraid so. It's the quickest way of flushing the opposition out into the open. Steve, you'll be up against a tough outfit. They'll stop at nothing to keep you from getting to sober. They'll throw every obstacle in your path they can, including a bullet. Great. And they'll be trying to get to sober ahead of you, too.
4: Steve, the
0: plane's ready to take off. Okay, Ruth. Your first stop in Nigeria will be the Alexandria Hotel. We know Russ stayed there for a while. Alexandria Hotel, right. Steve, if Russ is still alive, find him and work together. If he isn't, go it alone. But above all, get through to sober and get him to sign that agreement. You've got your assignment.
5: Good luck.
2: Good afternoon, sir. Welcome to
0: the Alexandria Hotel. You wish a room? Yeah, and a blotter. This rain is even more so than what the Florida papers say about California.
2: Please sign here, sir. Mm. This is the rainy season, you know.
0: No kidding. From
2: now until October, sir.
0: (laughs) You sound proud of it. You mean it's this way all over Nigeria? Often, sir. Fine. Mr.
1: Steve Mitchell, United States.
2: Boy, take Mr. Mitchell's
1: suitcase to room 22. Will you be staying with us long, Mr. Mitchell?
0: No longer than I can help. I shouldn't be here at all. Sir? I'm a foreign correspondent. A friend of mine was supposed to do a story over here, but I guess he wandered into a bar somewhere and forgot all about it. So now I have to do it. What was your friend's name? Holden. Russ Holden. Why, Mr. Holden stayed at this hotel while he was in Lagos. When did he check out? Several days ago. I believe he
2: took the train to Kugama. Kugama? Where's that? It's inland and to the north, Mr. Mitchell. It is a long trip by train.
0: What kind of country is it up there? Oh, very wild, sir. Uh Well, I guess I'm going to need more suitable clothes. Is there a store around here where I can get outfitted? Oh, yes, indeed, sir. Carter's, it's right in the next block. Okay. I'll uh, give it a whirl as soon as I get out of these wet clothes.
1: Right up the stairs until you're right, sir. The boy will
0: have your room all ready for you. Yes, sir? What can I do for you? Let me see your register. You wish a room? Let me look at that register. Why, sir? What business have you with... (gasps) Register. Give it to me.
1: All right, but... Let's have it. (sighs) Mm. So he is, Steve Mitchell. Uh, You may have it back. I don't understand. You ought to say nothing about this. Forget all about me, do you understand? But no, I don't understand. To help you forget.
0: (gasps) Yes, sir, what can I do for you? The uh, clerk at the hotel told me I could get some clothes for the back country here, but... I see you've got some other customers over there. I can wait.
1: To tell the truth, sir, it's a relief to wait on you. Uh, what? That gentleman over there with the pith helmet on backwards is Mr. Brighton. He's being outfitted for his first hunt, and waiting on people like that is always a trying experience. Hmm. Who's the girl?
0: She don't look very trying.
1: That is Mrs. Brighton. Oh. Luckily, they've hired one of the best guides around here, the tall gentleman, Mr. Campbell. Well, fix me
0: up with whatever I'll need, huh?
1: Let's see now. You want a tunic and... Mr. Brighton, Mr. Brighton watch out with that rifle, Mr. Brighton! Hey! Oh. Are you all right, sir?
0: Yeah, two inches to the right and I wouldn't be. Oh,
6: dear. Oh, my goodness! Brighton, put down that gun before it goes off again. Are
0: you okay, mister? Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know what to say. I'm so dreadfully sorry, old man. Look, where'd you learn to handle a gun anyway? Oh, why, I, oh you see, I, I was trying to find out how to load it. And... Yeah, you uh, found out all right.
1: Oh, such a stupid accident. I'm frightfully sorry. Peter...
3: I think you've distinguished yourself enough for one day. Let's go back to the hotel. I need a drink. That's
6: probably a good idea, Mr. Bryden. I'll attend to the rest of the stuff.
0: All right. Now, look, old man, Yeah, yeah, you're frightfully sorry. Let's let it go at that.
1: Peter! Come in, my dear. I'm very sorry this happened at my store, so I'll get an outfit together immediately. Okay. that would be an
0: easier way of making a living than this. Yeah. I can't say I'd care to play nursemaid to a trigger happy tenderfoot like that. (laughs) Oh, incidentally, I'm Steve Mitchell. Laird Campbell. Cigarette? Oh, thanks.
6: American, too. hmm?
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, being a guide, you expect a certain percentage of lemons. But it looks like I hit the jackpot this time. To make it worse, Brighton's decided there's only one spot in Nigeria where he wants to hunt. Way up north, past Kugama.
0: Kugama? Yeah.
6: Tomorrow we're taking that stinking train.
0: Uh, look, Campbell... I'm a foreign correspondent, and I'm supposed to get a story on a tribal chief up there. Soba? Yeah. You know him? Yes. yes I've hunted
6: around there a couple of times. Huh. He gave me this good luck charm a few years ago.
0: Huh. Yeah. Say, how would I go about getting to Soba's village?
6: Well, it's a pretty rugged country. You have to pack in from Kugama. Say, our safari will be headed in that direction. Why don't you go along with us? I could take you right to Soba's Village.
0: Well, I wouldn't want to inconvenience you. Oh,
6: nonsense. No inconvenience. Believe me, I'd be glad of the company. And I don't think Brighton would
0: have any objections. How about it? Well, that's a thought, Campbell. Thanks for the offer. I tell you, we can talk about it on the train to Kogama, huh? Okay. See you on board, Mitchell. All right. <laughs>
3: What a cattle train. When do we get to Kugama, anyhow?
0: Tomorrow noon. Care for another drink, Mrs. Brighton?
3: Sure, I'd care for one, but better not.
0: Hmm?
3: Look at Peter over there, scowling away. He thinks I've had too many already.
0: Mr. Brighton doesn't approve, huh?
3: He's one of those physical fitness bugs. He must have read about Teddy Roosevelt when he was a kid. He's been trying to live dangerously ever since.
0: You know, you sound like you come from my side of the Atlantic.
3: Kansas City. Oh.
5: how do you happen to... How'd I
3: happen to wind up Mrs. Brighton? Who knows? One day I'm in the chorus at the Palladium in London. The next day, I'm Mrs. Peter Brighton. And I've been on a bicycle ever since. I think I'll have that drink after all.
1: Lola, getting late. Hmm.
3: You can read me like a book. Oh, well.
1: Is this seat next to you occupied, sir? No, no, help yourself.
3: Thank uh, you.
0: What were you saying about being on a bicycle, Mrs. Brighton?
3: Last year, it was pig-sticking in India. Have you ever been pig-sticking?
0: Not that I know of. Your uh, husband must have a lot of time on his hands. Doesn't he work?
3: He works. He's always got some big conference going on. He fools around with a lot of different interests, oils, mining, stuff like that. I see. Well, it's getting late. I think I'll turn in.
0: Okay. See you in the morning, Mrs. Brighton.
3: Good night, Mr. Mitchell. All
0: right.
1: It is very amusing. What? Permit me. I am Varchek. What's amusing? That everyone is suddenly going to Kogama. Oh? For years, I have operated trading posts up there, and nobody pay any attention to that region. But now suddenly, everyone is interested in it.
0: Oh? No. Does
1: a hunting party and a newspaper hack after a story constitute everybody, Varchek? <laughs> this hunting expedition and the story you seek They would not by any chance have to do with the rumors of a discovery of manganese ore in that region, would they? You're doing the talking. If you prefer, I will confine my conversation to the scenery. Like I say, you're doing the talking. As a matter of fact, we are passing through some very beautiful country right now. Oh? Yes. We are approaching a gorge which is quite spectacular. The view from the observation platform is a rewarding one.
0: Hmm,
1: is it? Well, I could do with some fresh air anyway. Thanks. You are quite welcome, sir.
0: Good evening. Oh. Enjoying <laughs> the view. Yeah, that's the sun gorge we're going over. Yeah. It's almost a thousand feet deep, Herr Mitchell. Mitchell. How come you know my name? Who are you? Hey, what are you doing? Get your hands off me, will you? This what is rare you get off? Mitchell.
1: Watch out. A friend of Rich you down there. Let go of me. We're up. Okay. Yeah!
2: The National Broadcasting Company is bringing you Brian Donlevy. Starring in the role of Steve Mitchell in the third of an exciting new
1: adventure series, Dangerous Assignment. Mitchell, you okay? Yeah. That was close. What happened, Mr. Mitchell? Mr. Campbell and I were sitting in the smoking car. We saw a man follow you outside, and then there were sounds of a fight.
0: There was a fight, Vorchek. The other guy lost. Over the side, huh? Uh Uh-huh. That was some view you sent me out here to see, Vorchek. Or wasn't that what you had in mind? I do not understand. What's the next town we get to, Campbell? Kano. Be there in a few minutes. But I have about a four-hour layover there. Telegraph office in the station? Yeah. Telegraph office? Yeah. The press association I work for is very strange, Warchek. They like me to send them stories now and then. So that's what I'm going to do, if it's all right with you.
4: These report, Commissioner.
1: Good, let's have it. Considerable interest being shown in manganese area by tenderfoot hunter named Brighton and trader named Warcheck. i joining Brighton Safari to vicinity Chief Sober's Village. Good. Sounds like
3: he's been a busy bee,
1: Commissioner. Oh, wait a minute. Almost got tossed into Canyon two hours ago. What? Afraid Russ Holden wasn't as lucky as I was. Oh, I was afraid of something like that, Ruth. Wait, there's more. I have two hour layover here in Kano. I'm borrowing one of Campbell's native gun bearers to take me back to that ravine I almost got shoved
0: into. (laughs) Let's see. We're just about under that railroad trestle right now, Zuru.
1: Juana, look.
0: Not a pretty sight, is it? Yeah. That's the guy who jumped me, all right, Zuru.
1: Juana? Yeah? I have
0: seen that man before. What? Where? No can remember. Well, try to remember. Zuru, try. It's very important. Let's see. He ought to have some identification here in his wallet. There it is. Hans Graber. Hmm. Never heard of him.
1: Wana, Wana, me yeah. find something. What is it? Here, a wristwatch. Bones too.
0: It's Russ Holden's wristwatch.
1: Train leave station soon. Time to
2: go back, Wana.
0: Yeah. Come on, Zuro. Thanks for lending me your boy, Campbell. He's a good one. Yeah, you
6: know, of the best. He lived around this north country most of his life. Matter of fact, he belongs
1: to Selva's tribe. Oh? Mr. Mitchell, did you find anything at the bottom of a ravine? I found what I was looking for, Warcheck. The body of men who attack you? Such a beastly thing to happen, old boy. Somebody have a grudge against you or some such silly thing?
0: Apparently somebody does, Brighton.
1: Still the man of mystery, Mr. Mitchell?
6: Look, Warchek. Warchek, I've got one rule on safari. Everybody minds his own business. But of course, Mr. Campbell.
0: Warchek going with us?
6: Yeah. He asked Brighton if he could tag along as far as his trading post.
1: Always glad of company. Helps keep my wife from getting bored.
0: How much longer before we get there, Campbell?
6: I will pull into Kugama about noon. Take a couple of hours to load the jeeps. That'll get us started around two. By sunset tonight, we'll be camped in the bush.
3: How about putting some more wood on the fire, Campbell? Yeah, sure thing. Give me a hand, will you, Mitchell? Okay, Campbell. That's better. What was that?
6: Big cat out there somewhere. Good,
1: good. Maybe we'll get a crack at him tomorrow.
3: I can hardly wait. There's a wonderful ride on a stuffy train, then a few charming hours bouncing in a jeep. Now a mangy lion waiting for us. How did I get so lucky?
2: Well,
1: if you will all excuse me, I think I will go to my tent. That's a good idea, me too.
6: Probably be a good idea if we all turned in pretty soon. We'll want to get started by dawn.
0: Who's out there? Zorro. Oh, oh, come on in, Zoro. What is it?
1: Buona Campbell with you?
0: No, uh, Campbell's in his tent, isn't Not he? Not in tent. Oh, wait a minute. He said he was going to check the jeeps before he turned in.
1: We'll look for him there.
0: Uh, something I can do, Zero
1: No, me talk to Buona Campbell. Oh,
0: incidentally, have you remembered yet where you saw that dead guy in the ravine?
1: Me only talk to
0: Buona
3: Campbell. Only talk to Buona Campbell.
0: Hmm, what's with him?
3: Mr. Mitchell. Huh? It's Marla Brighton. Oh, hi. Right. What can I do for you? Buy me a drink.
0: Afraid I don't have anything.
3: Oh, fine. I might have known Peter would carefully omit any liquor from his provision list. Oh! The world was that. came from over there in that brush.
0: Campbell! Campbell!
6: Here I am, Mitchell. It's
0: Zuru. Oh, what happened?
6: Just going back to my tent. I heard Zuru scream, found him like this. His throat's been cut.
1: Campbell, Campbell, what's all the noise about? That frightful scream! My, good heavens!
6: Best boy I ever had, and he's dead, murdered. Murdered? By whom? That's just what I'm wondering, Wachik. Perhaps
1: a fight with one of the other bearers.
6: Yeah, perhaps. The sun's coming up. We'll leave as soon as Brighton's ready.
0: Uh, look, Campbell, maybe I better head for Sobu's village this morning instead of tagging along with you, huh?
6: No, I wouldn't advise you trying it alone, Mitchell. I'll take you over there later as soon as Brighton's had enough hunting for the day.
0: Okay. Is Warchek going with us this morning?
6: No, he said he'd rather stay here at camp.
0: Hmm. Say, Campbell, hmm? I didn't get a chance to talk to you last night after Zuru was murdered, but I think I know why he got it. What do you mean? Zuru told me that he'd seen the guy who tried to push me off the train before. Huh? Where had he seen him? I don't know, but I think he remembered last night and wanted to tell you about it. I wish he could have found me sooner. Well, here comes Brighton.
6: We can start now.
0: Hey, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to stick pretty close to Brighton while we're out in the bush. <laughs> Afraid his gun might go off accidentally
6: in your direction again?
0: Yeah. I might not be so lucky this time.
1: What time is it, Mitchell? Five to eight. Sitting in this jeep in the middle of the jungle is not my idea of sport. The sun is getting hotter by the minute, and so are the mosquitoes. yeah. What's keeping Campbell? He said he and his gun-bearer would pick up the trail of that lion and come right back for us. He's been gone almost an hour.
0: Well, he'll probably be along in a few minutes, Brighton.
1: No, this isn't turning out at all the way I'd hoped. But I suppose I shouldn't have expected anything else. Huh? Yeah. I'm sick of the whole business. I should never have let Campbell talk me into coming way up here in this godforsaken country. It
0: was Campbell's idea to come up here? He said it was yours. Why,
1: No. He told me the hunting was better around here.
0: Come on. Hmm? Get out of this jeep. Let's get into the brush. Hurry up. Oh, but Campbell told us to stay in this clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's probably circling around behind us right now. Come on. Well,
1: Mitchell, I don't
0: understand. Neither did I. Until just now. Here, into this brush.
1: Get down. But why is Campbell shooting at us?
0: Not us. Me. Look, you sit tight right here and you'll be okay. It's me he's after. Mitchell, where are you going? Sober's village. It's about two miles west of here. I hope. Hey, what's that? Sounds like the village just ahead. square dance. Ah, well, here goes. Hey, <laughs> hey, look, don't let me stop the feast. If one of you will just tell me where your chief is... He is
6: not feast.
0: Death does. Hmm. Who are you? I want to talk to Soba, your chief. Is he around?
6: Moronga, Jolo.
0: Hey, now, wait a minute, look. Oh, is it?
1: White man want to talk to you.
0: Is your name
1: Soba? Yes, you come at bad time, white man. We have death dance for one of my people, Zuru. Bring his body into village this morning.
0: Yeah, I know. Look, Soba, this is important. I've got to talk to you right away.
1: Go to my hut, white man. We finish death dance, then we talk. Barunga! sound like men who speak with straight tongue, Juana Mitchell. Maybe your people are right ones to dig in my ground for metal.
0: Good. But you are too late. What? Other man promised my tribe much food and medicine. What other man? His trader man, Warchek. Warchek? Oh, looks like I pegged the wrong guy. Where is he? He's still in village. Yeah, I see him. Over by that other hut. Uh, excuse me, check
1: Warchek! check Ah, oh, Mr. Mitchell. It would seem you arrived too late.
0: Now, look, check. I've been through too much in this deal to let that cartel you're working for come out on, on top now.
1: But you're mistaken, Mitchell. I work for no cartel, but for myself. Why? You are bidding for mining rights. Cartel is also bidding for them. What more profitable place for me than in the middle where I can do business with the highest bidder? I... <laughs> Warchick.
0: Looks
4: like Warcheck didn't stay in the middle very long. Campbell.
6: Any agreement Warcheck has with the chief is void now. And with you out of the way,
0: Mitchell, I think we'll be able your, to... Your man Garber missed, huh? So you're gonna finish the job yourself? Yeah. You ought to get a promotion for this, Campbell. Uh-uh. Just money. A lot of it. Yeah. Enough money so you didn't even mind killing Zuru... when you realized he remembered seeing you and Graeber together. That's a lie. Soba, it's not true. Mitchell here
1: killed Zuru. You killer of Zuru. Look,
6: Soba, I tell you, I didn't kill Zuru. It was Mitchell.
1: White hunter lies. When my men pick up Zuru's body...
0: they find good luck charm I gave you long time ago. What?
6: Oh, I... I must have dropped it when I bent over Zuru after he died. No.
1: Good luck charm under Zuru's body... Marunga! Uh, no. No, no, Silber. Marunga, blowgun! Oh,
5: no. no! No!
0: Mitchell! You.
5: Good Marunga.
0: Good. He killed one of my people. He die. You don't waste any time, Silva. Mitchell. What? Come. We go to my hut. We talk some more. Good. You can sign the agreement. I have the papers right here. No sign
1: what? what? Why? So, but no sign name, so but can only make X?
0: Oh <laughs> Well look, chief, don't worry about that. right now, your X is going to look like a million bucks to me. Come on. When I walk into the commissioner's office, I don't realize that this assignment's going to prove that not only is the pen mightier than the sword, the ink bottle is mightier than the gun. Morning, Commissioner. Ruth said you had an assignment for me. I do, Steve, and your plane leaves in an hour. Oh, well, what uncivilized neck of the world do I get sent to this time? French Riviera. French Hey. I must have been living right lately. Hey, tell me, do they still wear those bathing suits over there, Commissioner? Well, I'm afraid you won't have much time to be looking at bathing suits, Steve. You'll huh? be more interested in looking at an elderly man. You want to bet? Okay, so who's the elderly man? Jan Visco. Oh, the check office? Yes, he's been living on the Riviera since the war, Steve. He's been instrumental in smuggling quite a few worthwhile citizens out from behind the Iron Curtain. Oh, that's news to me. It should be. It's a very closely guarded secret. Because, obviously, certain interests would like very much to know who's masterminding the operation that's been a thorn in their side for the last four years. I still don't see what the deal is or where I fit in. Steve, Visco has completed all the arrangements to smuggle out into free Europe the most important man yet. Who is it? His name is Gocek. He's an atomic scientist, and he can give us a first-hand account of the status of atomic research behind the Iron Curtain. I see. Enough said. Where's this Gocek now? He's been hiding in Prague,
2: waiting for Visco to make the necessary arrangements. This morning, we've just received word that those arrangements have been completed. Oh? Gochek will arrive secretly at the Riviera tomorrow morning.
0: He will meet Bisco at the prearranged rendezvous, or I should say, he'll meet Bisco and you. Oh, I'm elected bodyguard, huh? Yes, and I'm sure you realize the opposition would go to any lengths to prevent Gochek from getting to us. Get over to the Riviera, work with Jan Bisco, meet Gochek, and bring him back here to the state safe and sound. And, incidentally, try to stay alive yourself. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck.
2: The National Broadcasting Company is presenting Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy in the role of Steve Mitchell, colorful, two fisted government agent. At all those places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another dangerous assignment.
0: Sure, I've got my assignment. Fly to the French Riviera, check with an author named Bisco, and then meet a scientist named Gocheck who's being smuggled out from behind the Iron Curtain. All of which sounds just dandy, except that I've got an uneasy hunch that the gents who operate that Iron Curtain will be trying their best to drop same on my neck. It's Wednesday night, a little before midnight, when my plane lands, and I put through a telephone call to Bisco's Villa.
1: We? Oui? Bisco?
0: No. Oh, maybe I've got the wrong number. Is this Jan Bisco's Villa? Oui. May I speak to him?
5: Who is calling, please?
0: Mitchell, Steve Mitchell.
5: May I inquire why you wish to speak to Monsieur Bisco?
0: Look, if you don't mind, that's something I'll discuss with him now is he there.
5: Can I come to the telephone at present? But if you will tell me the nature of your business, I will.
0: Look, Buster, are you his official bouncer or something?
5: Bouncer?
0: I do not understand. Neither do I. Look, is Bisco going to be there for a while? If so, I'll come out.
5: Oui, a good idea. And Monsieur Bisco, he will be here. <laughs>
0: I'm Mitchell. You're the guy I was talking to over the phone? Oui, pleased to come in. Okay. Well, did you tell Bisco that I was coming? No. What? Now, look. If you're Bisco's butler,
5: he could do a lot better, believe me. Two items to correct, monsieur. In the first place, I am not monsieur Bisco's butler. And in the second place, it was quite impossible to inform him that you were coming out here to his villa. Why was it impossible? Because monsieur Bisco was in his library. Dead. What? Oui.
0: A long and quite sharp letter opener buried in his back. And now, monsieur? What? Ah. Uh. That gun in your hand says you're the boy who stabbed him, too, huh? You are quite wrong, monsieur. This gun in
5: my hand says that you are under arrest.
0: Under arrest? Say, what is this?
5: I am Inspector Marchand of the CRT. Oh, well,
0: I guess that clears a couple of things up. But
5: it does not clear
0: you up, monsieur. No? Well, maybe these credentials are mine well, marshal. Credentials? Take a look.
5: It would appear we have been at cross purposes. You see, when you telephoned, I thought you might possibly be involved in the killing. So I wished you to come out here in order that I might
0: question you. Yeah. You say the body's still in the library? Oui, this way. What time was the killing? As near as we can place it, around 10 o'clock this evening. Two hours ago, huh? Uh, There is the body, seated behind the desk, as you can see. Yeah. Files and papers scattered all over the library. Mitchell I am completely puzzled by one element in this case what's that inspector motive jan bisco was a universally respected author why would anyone wish to kill him who was his enemy i guess he had quite a few of them you see bisco headed an operation which smuggled people out from behind the iron curtain marshal indeed Ah, oh, that explains it. If there are political implications in the killing... A very important scientist named Gojek is in the process of being smuggled out right now. He's due to arrive tomorrow morning, and Bisco was to meet him. Where? I don't know, but I'm afraid Bisco's killer does. Mitchell, do you mean that this refugee scientist Gocek is walking blindly into a death trap? That's about the size of it, I guess. That means we've got to find out who killed Bisco, then trail him or her to the meeting with Gocheck and just hope we get there in time. large order... Yeah, we've only got about six hours. Where do you wish to start? With Monsieur Biscoe's secretary, perhaps? Secretary? We, oui. A Mademoiselle Helen Nolska, a Polish girl. She lives here. It was she who reported the murder by telephone. I see. Yeah, I'd like to talk to her. Where is she?
5: In the next room. I, I will call her. Mademoiselle Nolsker, would you step
4: in here a moment? All right.
5: This is Monsieur Steve Mitchell, a government agent from the United States. How
4: do you do, Mr. Mitchell.
5: Miss Nolsker, Monsieur Mitchell wishes to ask you some questions in connection with the murder of Monsieur Biscoe.
4: A United States government agent investigating the death of Jan Biscoe? I do not understand.
0: Oh? You weren't aware of Bisco's activities?
4: Of course I was aware of his activities. He was a writer. Anything else? Not that I know of.
0: I see. Now, tell me about this evening.
4: Very well. Mr. Bisco and I worked late this evening.
0: Here, in the library?
4: Yes. He was dictating to me. At around 10 o'clock, I went down the hall to the kitchen... Bare tea and cakes, which Mr. Biscoe always liked when he worked nights. Go on. Well, while I was in the kitchen, I heard the front doorbell. I started down the hall to answer it, but Mr. Biscoe called to me that he would answer it.
0: Ah, uh, did you see who it was?
4: No. About twenty minutes later, I. I went back into the library.
0: It took you that much more time just to fix tea and cakes? And I also found that strange, Mitchell.
4: As I explained to Inspector Marchand, I burned the first batch of cakes and had to prepare more.
0: Okay, so 20 minutes later, you returned to the library.
4: Yes, to find Mr. Biscoe dead. The letter opener in his back. It was a horrible sight.
0: Was he expecting any visitors this evening?
4: None. But of course, he had several friends who frequently would drop in on him.
0: Oh, just who are these friends?
4: Hans, Alex, Magda.
0: Wait a minute, not so fast. Let's have them one at a time. Who's Hans?
4: A a pianist. He lives on the third floor of the place next door. You can see his apartment from here. Oh, his window is dark. He's either away from home or asleep.
5: You say he was a good friend of Monsieur Biscoe?
4: Yes. You see, uh, Hans is not a very prosperous pianist, and Mr. Bisco more or less supported him.
0: Oh, okay, we'll check Hans later. Who's next on the list? Alex. What does he do?
4: Oh, why, nothing very much, I am afraid.
0: I see. Then there was a girl, Magda?
4: Yes, a, a cafe singer.
0: Okay. First, I want to talk to Alex, the boy who does nothing for a living. Where does he live?
4: It is a rather difficult place to find. Perhaps I had better take you there. Well, thanks. Let me see. My purse and gloves should be in here somewhere.
5: Uh, Those are the ones over there on the table?
4: Oh, yes, thank you. If you will excuse me while I freshen up, I will be with you shortly.
5: Oh, sure.
0: Well, Mitchell, it appears there is a long night's work ahead. Yeah, I... Hmm. What is it? I just noticed something here on the desk. Oh, you mean the pepper scattered around? No, this bottle of ink that's been
5: spilled. We have noticed that.
0: And the reason that it had been spilled by the killer is he or she searched the desk. But what about it? Part of the ink stained the top of the desk and the rest dripped onto the floor. So? Look at the stain on the top of the desk. A slight smear in the middle. Of yeah. It. Killer could have got some of that ink on his or her hands. It
5: is possible. We... An and observe, Mitchell. This ink is the so-called indelible type, which
0: means it won't wash off easily. So that we will
5: know the killer when we find him. Yeah,
0: but first we've got to find him.
4: I'm ready now, Mister Mitchell.
0: Okay, Helen. Did you uh, check that pianist window again,
4: Hans? Yes, but it is still dark.
0: Okay, let's try this boy, Alex. Then I'm always real interested to meet people who do nothing for a living. Just jealous, I guess. <laughs> Looks like I'm specializing in guys who aren't home tonight.
4: Uh, the door, it is unlocked.
0: Yeah, yeah. Come on, let's take a look around inside.
4: Oh, it is very dark in here. Hey, I'll
0: get the lights. Yeah. Oh, brother, this isn't exactly what you'd call a mansion, is it? Cardboard over the windows, pieces of tin over holes in the walls, the works.
4: Mr. Mitchell, it, it seems so very warm in here.
0: Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. And wait, that pot-bellied stove over in the corner.
4: Why would he have a fire when the weather is so warm?
0: That's a good question. Huh. Bunch of charred papers. Let's see if I can salvage any of it.
4: What is it?
0: Propaganda handouts. Oh? Well, looks like Alex was a party boy, all right. Probably had a job passing this stuff out. But why burn it? Unless he decided to take a powder.
4: Steve, do you think that Alex could have killed Mr. Bisco?
0: Well, he looks like a pretty live prospect at the moment. What do you know about him?
4: Why, he was an old friend of Mr. Biscoe's. They were both in politics in Czechoslovakia and both got away together after the war, but, well, lately Alex... Well, apparently he started thinking he'd made a mistake. What do you mean? He seemed to be drifting toward the way of thought of the interests who who now control his country. I see. As a matter of fact, he and Biscoe argued about it quite frequently lately.
0: Well, you're making Alex sound like a real interesting guy to me, Ellen. But it's essential we won't find him by hanging around here. Come on. Where shall we look for him? I thought you might have some ideas about... Hey. What is it? Get down. What? Down. Gotta get those lights off. Three
2: chimes mean good times on NBC. There's adventure for you tomorrow. Adventure in the modern-day Wild West, as Joel McRae stars in another exciting story of the Texas Rangers. Today, as in years gone by, the Rangers are a two-fisted, courageous group keeping law and order in the West. So for action, tune in tomorrow to Tales of the Texas Rangers. And for quiz fun on Sunday evening, hear Master of Ceremonies Phil Baker as he asks America's favorite question, the $64 question. To Dangerous Assignments, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell.
4: Steve, Steve, oh, Oh, thank heavens, Steve! My head. Oh, I am trying to stop the bleeding with my handkerchief. It seems to be only a scalp wound.
0: I guess I'm luckier than I deserve.
4: What do you mean?
0: Silhouetting us against that open doorway with the light behind us. That was real smart of me. Did you hear us see anything after I hit the pavement?
4: No, I, I was afraid to move, Steve. I, I did hear someone running away, but that is all.
0: Mm, could have been Alex.
4: Steve, as we started to come outside, you were asking me if I had any ideas as to where we might find Alex. That's right. But, uh, there is a bar a few blocks from here where he frequently goes.
5: Okay,
0: Come on. Come on. See him anywhere?
4: No, no, he does not seem to be here.
0: Okay, let's go. Wait. What is it?
4: Over there, there at the corner table.
0: Huh? Huh? You mean that guy with his head in his arms?
4: Yes, that looks like Alex. Hmm.
0: From the looks of that empty bottle in front of him—he's headed. it.
4: Alex, Alex.
0: Leave oh, me alone. Come on, snap out of it, Alex. <laughs> I, I don't know you. I, I know Helen, but I don't know you. Now. You sure we didn't meet a few minutes ago outside your place? I don't know what you talk about.
4: Steve, the condition he's in, he's hes obviously been here most of the evening. Maybe.
0: Look, Alex. You
4: keep could... talking when
0: all
7: I want is for you to let me alone to grieve for my friend who's dead. <laughs> and To think that I was in sympathy
0: with him. Them?
1: The ones who killed him.
0: Huh? You know who did it? They did it. Who's they? When I hear about Bisco, I go home, I
5: I burn all their stinking propaganda.
0: Look, you keep saying they and them. Let's be a little more specific. What difference
5: does it make which
0: one of them? It makes a big difference to me. Who was it? I don't know. Oh, fine. They're, They're all alike. All of them. All alike.
4: Oh, poor Alex. It's obvious he doesn't know anything about it,
0: Steve. Either that or he's putting on a pretty good act.
4: Well, shall we go now? Just
0: a minute. I want to look at his hands. Hands? Okay, let's go.
4: I did not see anything on his hands.
0: Neither did I.
4: What were you looking for? Ink. Ink? I'm afraid I do not understand. It's
0: possible there's an indelible ink stain on the killer's hand. I see. Well, let's check the next name on the list. Magda? Yeah, cafe singer. I'm interested to know what kind of a song she'll sing for me. So we head for the cafe where Magda works. She's just finished the number when we arrive, and one look at her, and I can see the reason for the ovation. Oh, look, Steve, she sees us.
7: She's
4: coming over to
0: our table. Yeah, quite an outfit she has on. The strapless gown, it is
4: beautiful.
0: I'm a little more interested in those long black gloves that come clear up above her elbow. Oh. You know any subtle way of getting a lady to take off her gloves, Helen?
4: You think there might be an ink stain on one of her hands?
0: That's what I'd like to find out.
7: Elaine, my dear, I am so glad you stopped by tonight. Hello, Magda. I would like you to meet Steve Mitchell. Oh, hello, Steve. Magda? Oh, Elaine, this terrible thing that has happened. I can think of nothing else.
0: Bisco's murder?
7: Yes, dear sweet Jan, dead. Oh, it is so hard to believe. You two should have come in sooner. My last song, I sang it in his memory. It was one of his favorites.
0: Would you care for a drink, Magda?
7: No, no, thanks. I can only stay a moment. But a cigarette,
0: perhaps? Oh, sure. There you are.
7: Oh, wait. <laughs> I want to take off these clumsy gloves.
0: Please. Well, I thought it was going to be a problem. Oh? Uh-huh. Skip it.
7: Oh. Would you just look at my manicure? Is it not terrible? I should have left my gloves on.
0: I'm glad you didn't. Oh, what do you mean? Well, it gave me a chance to see your hands.
7: Oh, and what about my hands?
0: Why, uh, well, what I mean is they're very nice.
7: Uh, Thank you. Yeah,
0: nice and white. aren't any ink stains on either of Magna's hands. Pretty soon she has to do another number, so Helen and I leave. Near the door, Helen spots a guy she says she knows. She stops to talk to him and then joins me a couple of minutes later outside.
4: I am sorry to keep you waiting, Steve. That's okay. That man I was talking to, he is an old friend I have not seen for some time.
0: Okay, Helen. Let's see. I've still got one name on my list. Hans, the pianist who lives on the third floor next door to Bisco's Place.
4: Yes, perhaps he is home by now. You may find Hans a little
0: eccentric. Oh, the flowing tie and hair type, huh? Yes. Well, let's go talk to him and see if we can find out if one of his eccentricities by any chance is murder. Brother, these walk-up apartments are for the birds in more ways than one.
4: (laughs) This is the last bite.
0: he isn't home after this elk climb...
4: Oh, listen. Listen, I can hear the piano. He is home, all right. Here. This is the door.
5: Helen, my dear. What a delightful surprise. Hello, Hans. Oh, come on. Come in. Welcome to my humble quarters.
4: This is Steve Mitchell, Hans.
5: Aye. Oh, I'm honored to meet any friend of Helen's, sir. Helen, take off your coat and gloves. I will make some coffee.
4: Oh, I... I don't think we have time, Hans.
0: This uh, isn't exactly a social call.
5: I, I, I do not understand.
4: You see, Mr. Mitchell wants to ask you some questions. He is investigating Bisco's murder.
5: Well, I... Wait a minute. What did you say? Biscoe's murder? Helen, this is a bad thing to joke about.
4: It is no joke, Hans.
0: Wait a minute. You're trying to say you didn't know Bisco had been murdered? Oh, no, no, it isn't true. Funny. Everybody else in town seems to know about it. But not I. Well, where were you this evening, earlier?
5: Oh, out for a walk. Well, who who did this horrible thing? Who killed Biscoe? That's what I'm trying to find out.
0: Let's see your hands.
5: My, my hands? What about them?
0: Hmm. No ink spot. Well, hey, wait a minute.
5: What is it, Steve? I thought you said
0: this guy was a pianist. That's right. Of course I am. Yeah? You know, I thought there was something strange when I first came in this room. I've just figured out what it is.
4: What do you mean?
0: There's no piano in here. And being a pianist without one is a pretty neat trick.
5: Yes. You're right. I sold my piano six months ago. I, I needed money. But the
0: piano music we heard as we climbed up the steps.
5: Phonograph records. I played some for biscuits benefit. I'm ashamed to say I have been fooling him for six months with his records. Why? Oh, he loved the sound of the music. He could hear it from his window, and I knew he was too old ever to climb the stairs and discover my trick. You see, he was like a father to me. He helped support me, and I suppose it was... I suppose it was pride that made me do this to keep him from finding out that I was a failure.
0: I see. Helen, this thing about Bisco being like a father to Hans...
4: That is true, Steve. Bisco was very fond of Hans...
0: Okay, I guess we might as well
4: go. I'm
5: thankful for one thing, Helen.
4: What is that, Hans? Disco
5: never knew he was being fooled.
4: Oh, well, that reminds me. If you will stop by in the morning, Hans, I have a present for you from Disco. A present? Yes. Some new phonograph records he bought for you. He said he was tired of hearing the same ones day after day.
5: The same? Oh,
4: he knew. Yes, Hans, he knew. All the time he knew. Come, Steve. Suppose it is silly of me asking you to see me home when it is just next door, Steve, but I am afraid my nerves are a little jumpy.
0: Sure, Helen.
4: Tell me, Steve, what did you think of Hans?
0: Look, right now I'm not sure what I think of anything or anybody. Everybody in this deal is a character. A drunk in a bar, a cafe singer, a pianist without a piano. Everybody tells me how much they thought of Jan Disco, and yet somebody killed him.
4: I know. It is very puzzling.
0: Brother, four o'clock in the morning, and I'm no farther along than before.
4: Well, thank you, Steve.
0: That's okay. What is it? Nothing. I thought I saw something in the shadows across the street. Well, here, I'll
4: just... turn on the porch light. Hey, no! What? Inside, quick! Steve! Steve, there was someone across the street. There sure was. What, what are you doing?
0: Taking a look out the window.
4: Do you see anyone? No. Oh, that was close, Steve. You're telling me. Oh, and I made it worse by turning on the porch light. I, I did not realize.
0: You sure you didn't, Helen?
4: What What do you mean?
0: I mean, maybe it's taken me a long time to catch on.
4: Catch on? I do not understand.
0: Put it together this way. Your boss, Bisco, headed an outfit that smuggled worthwhile citizens out from behind the Iron Curtain.
4: What? I did not know that. No?
0: Anyway, he'd arranged to smuggle out an important scientist named Gocek who wanted to give us some very valuable information. Some of the gents behind the curtain found out about it, and, of course, it didn't set very well with them. Oh, Steve, why are you telling me all Let this? Let me finish, Helen. check was scheduled to meet Bisco in a couple of hours. Whoever killed Bisco did it, not only to put him out of business, but also to find out where the meeting was to take place so he or she could knock off Gocheck, too.
4: But I do not understand what all this has to do with me.
0: So you obligingly trot me around to look at all the suspects. Outside Alex's place, somebody takes a shot at me, right after you'd opened the door, thus silhouetting me in the doorway. Steve! Then... As we're leaving the cafe where Magda sings, you stop and talk to a guy. We arrive here, you obligingly turn on the porch light and silhouette me again. Bang, bang. If
4: you are trying to insinuate that I am involved in this, you are crazy. Am
0: I? You are a perfect spot to engineer the whole deal, Helen.
4: I tell you, I did not kill Biscoe. And I am sure I don't know whatever put such an idea into your head.
0: It was something that Hunts, the so called pianist, said. What do you mean? He told you to take off your coat and gloves and said he'd fix some coffee. You declined. So? That made me realize that all through the evening you've had your gloves on. Well, and if I have what of it? And all evening long I've been looking for an ink stain on somebody's hand. I didn't find it on Alex's hand or Magda's or Hunt's. But I haven't checked your hands yet, Helen. Take off your gloves.
4: Steve, this is I a said
0: thing. take them off.
4: Very well I will. And then you will see how absurd your suspicions of me. What's the matter? This is strange.
0: What's strange? These gloves. Look, black gloves are black gloves. Yes,
4: that is the point.
0: What are you talking These about? These
4: are not my gloves.
0: What? Now look.
4: They they look very much the same. They are the same size and they are the same color, but the stitching it is different. I did not notice it until just now.
0: But where did you get them then? I am
4: trying to remember. Let me see. It was right here in this ghost study, don't you remember?
0: Wait a minute, yeah. We were getting ready to start out to talk to the suspects.
4: Yes, I started looking for my purse and gloves.
0: Then Inspector Marchand spotted them on the table.
4: I picked them up and put them on without really looking at them.
0: Yeah. That means somebody else picked up your gloves by mistake earlier and left her own. That also means... It
7: also means I had better claim my property. (gasps) Magda. Stand quite still, both of you.
0: Well, looks like I figured out the deal. A little too late, though.
7: Indeed you did,
0: Stephen. And I figured that those attempts were on my life. You were trying to kill Helen because you knew sooner or later she'd realize the gloves she was wearing weren't hers. Then we'd figure out that you must have left them here earlier when you killed Bisco.
7: Yes, quite right. But all of that does not matter
0: now. I suppose you found out from Bisco where he was to meet, go check, before you killed him.
7: Oh, certainly, certainly. And I will even tell you, Hmm? since you will not be alive when the meeting takes place, it will be right here in one hour. You
0: know, Magda, there's one thing that bothers me. Uh
7: Oh? And what is that?
0: This bottle of ink here on Disco's desk. Some of it was spilled on the desk and there was a smear in it.
7: I figured the killer had gotten his or her hand in it, but it looks like I was wrong. (gasps) Only as to location, Stephen. When I took off my gloves in the cafe, you were quite busy looking at my hands. If you had looked at my elbow, you would have seen the stain.
0: Oh, that's why you're wearing the arm-length gloves.
7: Hmm, Exactly. Of course, they do look effective with my strapless gown, don't you think?
0: Oh, sure, sure. I always say if I've got to be shot, I'd much rather have a girl in a white gown with black gloves do it than anyone else.
7: I admire your sense of humor, Stephen. And now... It'd
0: sure be a pity if anything happened to that gun, wouldn't it? What? Like this bottle of ink. Oh, a
7: little too late, Magda. Oh. I'll take that gun. Oh, Steve. Save oh. heaven.
0: Thanks for reacting like a woman, Magda. Oh. If I'd thrown that ink at your face, you oh, probably oh, wouldn't have batted an eye. But it really threw you off balance when you saw the stuff flying towards that nice white gown.
4: So now we can meet check instead of Magda.
0: Yeah. I'm sure he'll like our kind of a reception much better than hers. Oh,
7: that ink. That... That thing, keep... Uh-huh.
0: If it hadn't been for that, you'd probably be still on top. Yep, it was the ink that tripped you up coming and going. I guess you might say it sort of put a blot on your record. <laughs>
2: Mitchell, with Herb Butterfield as the commissioner, is written by Bob Reif and Adrian Jondo, with music by Robert Armbruster, and is produced and directed by Bill Carn. Others in the cast were Betty Lou Gerson, Don Diamond, Hal Gerard, Lynn Allen, and Fritz Feld. Be with us again next week at this same time when Brian Donlevy, starring in the role of Steve Mitchell, will embark on another dangerous assignment. <laughs>